welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a great guest today. And we were just talking, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think I changed my mind after talking to our next guest. He was running for governor. And at the time I was doing radio, morning show radio in Lansing, and I would get all the gubernatorial candidates on, same for the folks that were running for the Senate. And it didn't matter what their political affiliation was, we got them on. And I can remember when I had this gentleman on, people laughed at me, really laughed. I got calls. And I can remember one political journalist who a lot of folks respect, and he tries to stay neutral. And that's Tim Skubik. He and many others said, there is no way, no way Rick Snyder is going to be the 48th governor of the state of Michigan. And lo and behold, the self-described one tough nerd won. And since he left office, he's been kind of on the down low a little bit, but he's been back in the news because of what he's doing now. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to catch up with Governor Rick Snyder. Sir, how are you? Tony, it's great to be with you. I'm doing fine. It's wonderful Uh, to have a conversation again with you. Well, let's go back to when you were first running. You were telling Jeffrey and I an interesting story about where you were in the polls. Rehash that with us, if you will. Yeah, so the classic part until I ran the Super Bowl ad that was famous about the one tough nerd is in my early days in 2009, I'd have people come up to me and say, do you know you're so low on the polls, you could be a negative number? (laughs) Because that was like 1%. And you take that 2 or 3%. And so they were really proud to tell me I could be a negative number. And I always thanked them for that nice, kind comment. And so the fun part was, is I kept that concept alive after I started making progress. So I call my early supporters, I still call them that, the margin of error club. (laughs) So what made you decide to run that commercial during the Super Bowl? Give us the background of why that platform and talk a little bit about that commercial, whose idea it was. Yeah, actually, I was an unknown. And the people that did know me didn't understand why I was running for governor. So most people thought the whole concept was crazy. But to put it in context, the big thing is Michigan was broken. I don't know if you go back and remember 2008-9, we were 50 out of 50. It was sad. And I didn't see traditional politicians doing what was going to need to be done to turn Michigan around, to bring us back. I thought it needed a new approach. And so one of the guys I was fortunate enough to get introduced to that gets to your point about the ad was a guy named Fred Davis. He's a famous media person nationally in terms of doing TV ads. And I sat down with him and Sue and I sat down with him in a restaurant in Ann Arbor and he sort of said, tell me your story. So I went through my life story with him about how I went through school fast and all my career and stuff like that. And he was taking notes. And after he was done, he just held up a sheet of paper and said, nerd. I said, yeah, I'm a proud nerd. And he goes, no, you're one tough nerd. And we should emphasize that. And what better way to make a good splash that got people's attention was the Super Bowl. So that's where the Super Bowl ad came from. And it seemed like after that ad, you really picked up steam. Yeah, well, it was the classic water cooler or the coffee station story. I mean, people were talking about it because it was unique, but it was true. I am a proud nerd. I love to learn about everything. And I think that's what we need at the time is someone that was willing to dig in and look at tough issues and bring solutions. Governor, when I look at the media and how they treat some candidates, how they treat the Republican Party, how Donald Trump was getting treated, I am reminded of how you were treated when you were running and then when you were governor. It didn't seem fair and it just seemed like the media was just brutal to you. 
Yeah, well, again, there are challenges to the media world today. There have been, but the way I describe it is I don't want to be negative on anyone. We need to find common ground. We need to find ways to work together. So how do we find you know, a convergence where we can share things? But I'll be happy to give you some illustrations of how I think we could improve. Well, we'll do that in our third segment. You mentioned something that I'm trying to understand how we as people and as voters have gotten so caught up into political parties that we don't even seek to learn about all of the candidates that are running and pick the best man as opposed to a party. I'm still trying to wrap my arms around that. Yeah, and that's one of the things I encourage people to do is facts matter. And you should do your homework. Because again, if you go back to the commentary about the media, one of the challenges today, where do you find trusted information? And the hope is media would be one of those sources. And it still can be, and it is in some cases. But one of the problems I have with the broad media, in particular, when you think about it, is they don't distinguish who's a commentator versus who's a reporter. Mm -hmm. And you go to many places and all you hear is about commentators. And so they're giving you their opinion. They're not giving you the facts necessarily. And we need to get back to facts. I'm an old Walter Cronkite guy. Walter Cronkite, I mean, it makes you smile when you think about it. He presented the news. We're talking with Governor Rick Snyder, the 48th governor of the state of Michigan. When we come back, we're going to dive into perhaps some solutions we could use to help us with the divisiveness that we have in the country. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business, and this is the Michigan Business Network. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Back to our conversation with Governor Rick Snyder. Governor, take us back to when you were in office to now. What was the division like then and what do you see now? Yeah, well, I think it was divisive back then. It's gotten worse, though. One would admit that. But if you think about it, the interesting part was there was the whole phenomenon of the Tea Party, which raised a lot of questions. But the interesting part is the Tea Party purportedly embraced bringing new people to politics. And I was one of those new people, but I never really was embraced by them very much because it wasn't just about new people. It was about having certain views. The same thing happened on the left. People went more and more radical on the left-hand side. The classic case I'll give you that I'll never forget is when I was working on the Detroit International Bridge, the Gordy Howe Bridge, mm-hmm. because it's a fabulous project. But at one point, we had both the Black Panthers and the Tea Party coming together. Black Panther Party and the Tea Party came together to protest me. 
<laughs> and I said, this is like the circle of life. They've actually proven that the far left and the far right could come together and find that common ground. And it was all about opposing the bridge. And if you think about it, the bridge is just a fabulous idea. When we talk about the media today, I find it challenging to find sources I can trust. I start with Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, but I will go to MSNBC and CNN and others just to kind of see where we stand. And I think you're absolutely right about opinion versus news. What's the solution to clear that up? I don't have a simple answer. I mean, obviously, if there was, it would be there. But a lot of it is not just the media parties. It's the people watching the media. And that's where I think we have a responsibility as citizens to speak up more and to tell the media outlets, we don't like this when it's all about commentary and it's not enough about facts because the media are responding to what they think viewers want. They're trying to make them happy. It's not just holding the media companies responsible. We as citizens need to speak up more and say we're looking for good information. And I appreciate your comment, Tony, where you said you switch channels because the worst situation is, is where you find somebody that has a channel that's like an echo chamber for them that simply walks one channel that reinforces what they already think. Mm -hmm. One of the things I encourage people to do, even in this environment, is to change channels. They hear the other side. It may make your blood pressure go up, but at least you're getting a different <laughs> perspective on the world. And to recognize neither one of those polar opposites may be accurate, but somewhere in the middle, there's some way we can work together. Governor Snyder, it seems like every time I have someone on who was a politician or at least in the political theater, what comes to mind is a story I read about Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill and how Tip O'Neill would show up with a box of cigars and a fifth of scotch, and they would go in and talk. And outside the room they were talking and you could hear profanity, you could hear yelling, sometimes you could hear stuff broken, but they would come out afterwards and there would be common ground. They wouldn't get exactly what they wanted, but they figure out a way how to work together. And it seems like that's just a huge challenge for us now. Yeah, you know, one of the things, though, and I'll give you a different perspective, because I think you stated it well, that was a good outcome when they work through things. But it happens more than you think. But again, we're overlooking the positives. We're emphasizing the negatives. So when I was governor, I actually had our legislative folks keep track of all the bills that I signed into law. And I had them keep track of the votes in each chamber by each party. Because I could see this trend. I said, what percentage of bills pass with a supermajority of both parties and both chambers? Which meant there's a majority of Democrats and Republicans in the House and a majority of Democrats and the Republican in the Senate supporting a bill. The interesting part that people never recognized, and I would go tell people, the percentage was in the high 80s to 90% of all the bills I got. There was a lot more bipartisanship going on than people ever recognized. People just never dwelled on talking about something positive rather than the negative. What I find interesting about Donald Trump, what I think people who don't like him really recognize or choose to ignore, is a lot of people support, supported, however you want to use it, past tense or current, the policies, not the messenger, so to speak. And I think that turned a lot of people off. But again, it still blew my mind how people would allow personality to get in the way of picking a leader who obviously did some good things for the country. The economy was good. We were energy independent. Crime was low. There were plenty of jobs. The president really had people of color in his radar as he, as president, saw to it that historically 
black colleges and universities got the greatest funding than they ever did from any other president, but they let that personality thing get in the way. And how did we get to that place? Well, we have to get back to policy more. The other part we have to remember, and I did this in the last several years that I was giving talks, I would talk about civility in almost every talk I gave. And the concept of civility is, is we're the greatest country in the world, but we cannot maintain that status long-term if we can't get along with ourselves. The greatest threat to America is not an external threat. It's this current divisiveness we have. And the fact that, look, at if we want to get stuff done, we got to work together on things. And so we should be trying to find success. And one of the things I'll tell you, it's much harder to govern than it is to be against something. Too often in today's world, it's if you're in the minority, it's easy to be against something. If you're in the situation where you actually have to govern, the only way you govern is getting people on both sides working together in some capacity. And that's where I was proud to say I was focusing on governance, not politics. We're talking with Governor Rick Snyder. This is Media Business. When we come back, we're going to talk about solutions and how we can come together and really start to get things done for our state and our country. Again, I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Governor Rick Snyder. Governor, we are just about to launch a new website, and I've been doing a lot of homework and a lot of research on what can we do to present news and information in a way that people who maybe don't consume it from multiple platforms, how we could get to them. And some of the research I've done, I had a conversation with someone named Stephanie Butler, and she is the CEO of the Church of Greater Lansing. And she said, Tony, you want to get things done. You have to get people of faith together with people of goodwill, and then things will get done. And that led me to read Rick Warren's new book. And he talks about how he was really upset with Christianity with the church because the church took a side in this political fighting that we have. And he goes, that's not their job. Their job is to serve. And so it really put this idea in my head. If you listen to what Stephanie is saying, what Rick is saying, you know, we have to start supporting people who want to serve others and who want to serve ideas as opposed to serving a political party. What's your take on that? No, I think that's an accurate statement in terms of wanting to serve. And that's the way I view it is I spent my time in office because I'd never held public office before. So you get to be a steward. And one thing that I think was actually good in some ways was I had eight years. Well, I had four years and I got reelected. So you knew you had a finite time. So the question is, how can you serve as best as possible And how can you show tangible results that make a difference in people's lives? The standard I used, Tony, and I'd recommend people think about this because too often we forget about we're dealing with humans and real people. And so you have to relate to people and you have to understand 
you're impacting their lives. So I use the kitchen table standard. So like when I do the budget or other issues, I pretended like I was at the kitchen table working on the family budget. And when you're doing that family budget, you know, there's winners and losers. There's people happy, not happy, but everyone's working in a positive, constructive way because people can interact. You can understand, you know, how this all fits together and why we all need to have some benefits, but we may need to have some sacrifices along the way so we can all win together. So it's about win-wins. Governor, I think I have an interesting perspective on how I look at people and how I look at our state and our country. I'm a mixed race man, half black, half white, raised by a single parent. A mom was around some lousy stepfathers, lived out of a car a couple of times. And it really gave me an appreciation for people who do serve and who do help you. And it seems like there is big business now in divisiveness. When it comes to race baiting, the media does it, organizations do it. The same thing could be said about gender in so many ways. It's big business to create this divisiveness to keep us apart. What's the solution for people who don't want to be civil? Yeah. So one of the solutions that we need to get to and the place that shows up worse than any place else is social media. I mean, that's where you find it magnified. But think about emails and texts. So the solution that needs to happen, and it's really simple, and it's in our own hearts, it's in our own ability to do this, is should you ever write an email, should you ever send a text, should you ever do a post that when you write it and you go back and read it, you'd never talk to someone face to face that way? (laughs) or you know it's a personal relationship because too often people are putting stuff up posting stuff writing stuff i mean one of the bills i was really proud and efforts i had was to deal with cyber bullying i mean think about that through text and other emails there were young people killing themselves talk about an awful outcome because they were being cyber bullied and that's absolutely wrong So we got to get back to a standard of saying, whether you're doing it electronically or in person, shouldn't we treat one another as people and give people some respect and understanding that no one's perfect, we all have issues, and do it in a way where we are trying to help them, not hurt them. It's It's personal responsibility is the bottom line, right? And you lived through that. You saw that. It's easier said than done, though, because there are so many people with this negative hate-filled vibe going on just to get them to just kind of sit back and relax. And we got away from, you know, everyone has hot buttons. We all have more in common than we have not in common, but to get people to the table, it seems to be tough in these days. Yeah, but I would give you, I'm proud of my track record as governor in terms of being positive. I believe in relentless positive action was my motto. No blame, no credit. What's the problem? What's the solution? Let's you know, put a solution in place and keep moving forward. And if you think about it, go find cases where you can see I blamed or called somebody a name or anything like that. I think it's possible. I took a lot of heat on the other side, but it didn't matter because I was there to serve. It goes back to your model. This is a lot of it comes back to personal responsibility and then having a network because you probably had great mentors that helped teach you the lessons that you looked up to. And I mean, you're doing that with other people, I'm sure today. How do you help reinforce that so there are people to turn to? In an interview I recently read with Carol Kane, you mentioned that you're launching your fifth career, that in the 80s, you kind of had a vibe with the PricewaterhouseCoopers in the 90s, you were with Gateway, in the 2000s, you were a venture capitalist, and then in the 2010s, you were a governor. 
What are you up to these days? Yeah, cybersecurity for small and medium-sized organizations. With a great group of co-founders, we created a company called Sensei for Sensible Cyber. Because if you think about it, it's one of these great causes that we need to do something about. Cyber threats, cyber attacks are one of the greatest risks that we face in this world. And small and medium-sized organizations are defenseless and have done very little in many, many cases. So there was a real need for an organization to come in to say, we can sort of be your virtual cyber solution package around you to help make you safer in this world of cyber. Because if you don't do something, you are going to get attacked. And most likely that attack will be successful. It could put you out of business. Let's do something to help you. And so Sensei is all about providing that service. And it seems like for small and medium-sized companies, the cost was always the challenge for them. Yeah. So we're doing it for a flat monthly fee based on how many users you have, somewhere between $750 a month to $1,500 a month which is a great value compared to if you bought all the things we offered separately. And then secondly, we give you a comprehensive solution. So we start by giving you a cyber health score. We give you something like a credit score on a thousand point scale. And most small organizations are going to score two to 400. You need to be seven or 800. So then we come out with a cyber health plan, just like you would go to a doctor and give you a plan to say, how do we get that score up? Let's work with you over time. And then let's be on vigil for you all the time looking for things. For example, just today, and I would recommend people to get out there is Apple announced they have some major vulnerabilities. So if you have an Apple product, you should be doing an upgrade today to be safe. This stuff's only gonna get worse and more sophisticated. So that's where I think there's a great public good in addition to being a great company that since I can play an important role in helping that and we're focused on Michigan to begin with. And Carol's story, you mentioned there are 6 million small and medium-sized companies in our country, and cyber hacking increased by 400% last year. I did not know that. Yeah, it went up 400%, and about half those organizations say they don't have any idea how to protect themselves. And this is scary stuff. And we're not trying to scare people, but we're trying to educate them, provide tools and resources. So I encourage people to go to our website, www.sensei.com, S-E-N-S-C-Y. We've been talking with Governor Rick Snyder. Governor, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate your time so much, sir. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Take care. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Business Network.